Matthew 16, beginning verse 13. Matthew 16 and 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you, you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, everyone say it with me, upon this rock I will build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of God. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. One of the greatest stories in the gospel. The father reveals Jesus to Peter. And then Jesus turns around and reveals Peter to Peter. You know, you never really know who God has made you to be until you know who Jesus is. When God reveals Jesus to you, then Jesus in turn can show you who you really are. But until then, you're, we're all hidden from ourselves. We don't really know what heaven's agenda is for our life, what God's purpose or who we really are until we first see Jesus, really see Him. For you can only truly find faith and courage to hear God tell you about yourself and about your purpose after first knowing who Jesus is and seeing yourself in Him. It's looking to Jesus and truly understanding that He is the love of God expressed into the world. He's God's intention to heal you, to save you, to bring you to himself as his child. That is the force of God that is expressed in Jesus. He is the great force of agape, entered the world. Yes, he came into the world crucified. He came in to die, but to die your death so that death could be removed. The curse of sin could be broken. You could be made the child of God and he could send the transforming work of the Holy Spirit into your life and begin to make you who you really are. But you'll never see it until you're looking at Jesus. I mean really receiving that revelation just as Peter, just as Peter saw it. You know, Jesus turned to Peter after Peter said, why, you're the Messiah. You are the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied to him, you are blessed. Everyone say blessed. blessed. You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You see, according to Jesus, the Father reveals him to you, and that is a blessing. Jesus called the fact that the Father is 
revealing to you who Jesus is. He calls it a blessing. Now we use that blessing today because we got that uh, that sale on that car that we wanted, or you know, we 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 got the promotion we were praying for. Oh, I'm blessed. I'm just so blessed. And you know, I think that there's probably a little bit of you can associate that a little bit. That's all right. But really. The true meaning of the word blessing in the Bible, we get the word shalom from it. It really is more than just an expression of, wow, I'm lucky. I got lucky. You know, that's why we don't have prayer for good luck. We don't say, you know, luck down, come on up here. We're going to put some good luck on you. Because it's not that kind of a thing. Blessing is an impartation. It's the impartation of a connection, of a relationship. It's substantial. It's not a sentiment. It's a substance. And so when he said, you are blessed, he was saying much more than, wow, that's really impressive. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a blessing that you know that. That knowledge is, is really rare. He was saying, no, the Father has entered into you and has given you not just a revelation or an insight, but he's put the revelator in. He has expressed into you. He has opened your eyes. That is supernatural. That can't happen. No man, Jesus said, can come to me unless the Father draws him. So he said it's a blessing. The word shalom means the impartation of, uh, of, uh, of grace, the impartation of success, the impartation of prosperity and peace. Hallelujah. And so shalom, blessing, blessing, because Papa our Heavenly Father has given you an impartation, a revelation to see who I am. Now, I trust today because I, I know all of you, most of you, and uh, I, I know all of you by faith, and that, um, that the Holy Ghost has entered your life, that God has given you that impartation. You know the blessing that I'm talking about. Praise the Lord. In 1 John chapter 2 and verse 27, um, it says, but the anointing that you have received from him. Now remember Jesus said the Father has given you this revelation. He has imparted you this blessing to know who I am. Here John speaks about it in 1 John 2.27. says, the anointing you have received from him abides in you. And you have no need that any man should teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about everything that is true and is no lie, just as he has taught you, abide in him. So the blessing that God gives us of revealing Jesus to us is what connects us to him. It's that revelation, that knowledge of who Jesus is that forms the umbilical cord between you and the Father. Don't let the devil's strategy win against your life. Satan's strategy in every battle, every skirmish you enter in with him, his strategy is simple. It's always the same. Get you to forget and ignore that revelation. You know, the devil doesn't mind if God's people wrestle with the Bible, if they learn it, quote it. The devil doesn't care if you beat yourself to death trying to do what the Word of God says, just so long as you don't look at Jesus. Just so long as you're not focused on Him every single day. It's when you see Jesus, when you look to Him, that the Word of God is not death, but it becomes life. Amen. It becomes possible. So when Peter said, you are the Christ, 
He was saying, you are the Father, come to me. You are God's agape. You are the love of God that's come to me. You are what I've needed all my life. Hallelujah. He was wrapping his arms around Jesus with that statement because he was receiving who the Father had revealed Jesus to be. And so Jesus said, man, you're blessed. And he went on to say, and now let me tell you who you are. God cannot show you who you are until you're looking at Jesus. It's only in the focus frame of seeing Jesus as the agape, the love of God coming to your life, that you can truly see who he has made you and called you to be. Hallelujah. Um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, um, throughout most of that chapter, Paul's writing about the distinction between the, the people that were trying to serve God under the law and the people that have come to God through Jesus Christ and, and his, his empowerment, his grace to, to walk in the word and fulfill it. And he's looking at the two and he's talking about Moses and talking about Jesus. And he's bringing up how that after Moses um, received the Ten Commandments and his face was glowing and his hair was glowing, uh, that he put a veil over his face. How many of you remember that story in the Bible? That he cloaked his face in a veil. And, and the scripture says the reason Moses put a veil over his face was because that shining glory that the people of Israel saw and they were amazed and they were saying, we're going to follow this preacher because look at that, his face is on fire. So we are going to listen to what he says. Um, it was fading. It was fading away. Because the reality of the law, the reality of the scripture, period, separated from the person of Jesus Christ is that the letter kills. That the, whatever shot, if you will, booster of, of, of anointing that you get, it never lasts. It always wears off. The only thing that's really permanent is what comes to you as you're looking at Jesus. Jesus is our connection to the permanence of God's blessing, the permanence of his, his love. That's why we go running back to him. That's where we always go. If you want to a reboot in your life, if, you, if you've missed the shot on the court and you, and you want to rebound and go up again, Jesus is the rebound. You don't rebound, you don't reboot by, by grabbing the word and trying harder to do it. You fall before Jesus, say, Lord, I worship you. I can't, but you can. Now, I'm not saying that we don't make an effort or that the scriptures, particularly in the New Testament, that tell us that we are to walk in love and, and exercise faith and those things and walk in harmony and unity, that God is not expecting that from us. He is expecting it from us. But it's not by grappling with those things and trying harder to do them that makes it happen. It's our looking to Jesus that we arise to be the person who can do those things. The ability to be that person is installed in you. When you're looking at Jesus, that person in you, the new creation, is awakened. And, it ar and he arises or she arises and begins to walk in victory. So that's why when we allow that fellowship to be separated, then those tasks that were once a joy now become a burden. And those nagging, weighted down, uh, uh, um, <clears throat> uh, uh, irritating senses of, of neglect and all just follow you around and the Christian walk gets bogged down. After a while, you're not going to church and then you're just drifting off. And the next thing you know, always backslid. And, um, but the whole thing happened just because we stopped looking, looking at Jesus. Now, 
the reason I brought up the veil is because Moses threw the veil over his face because the, the shining, the glory was fading away. So he was hiding his condition. Everyone say hiding his condition. He was hiding his imperfections. He was hiding the lack. He was hiding the imperfections in his life with that veil. And it says in 2 Corinthians 3 and 16, but whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, not turns to the Word without the Lord, but turns to the Lord through the Word, or to the Word through the Lord. Through the Lord. Whenever a person turns in repentance to the Lord, the veil is stripped off and taken away. That's what happened to Peter. You know, Peter was one of these guys, just like the rest of us, who had a veil over his face. He didn't even understand himself. When you walk around with a veil of, I'm hiding from myself, you are hidden from yourself. You're not just hidden from everyone else. You can't see you. And everybody in the world that is not looking and seeing Jesus is walking around with some veil over their life. They don't see themselves and no one else sees them. That's why a husband and wife can be married for years and get into an argument and say, you know what, I'm just tired of this. This relationship is just wearing me down. You don't see me. You don't hear me. Well, I'm right here talking to you. How can, how can you say that I don't see you or I don't hear you? But see, we live in these veils. So we don't even see or hear ourselves, much less the people most intimately involved in our life. But the Bible says when we turn to Jesus, hallelujah, the veil is stripped and taken away. And then he goes on to say, now, the Lord is the Spirit, is the Holy Spirit. And where the Holy Spirit is, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage and freedom. And then all of us, with unveiled face, because we continue to behold in the Word of God, like a mirror, the glory of Jesus, we are constantly being transformed into His very image in ever-increasing splendor and from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. And so, when we look into the Word of God, looking to Jesus... That revelation he's given us about him. That's when the veil is taken away. When we don't look at Jesus, it forces us under a veil. But the minute you see Jesus, the Holy Spirit just pulls that veil right off. All of a sudden, you can stand to think about yourself. You can stand to see yourself because God is now dictating to you who you are. Why, even when he corrects you, you feel good about yourself. Even when he tells you how dumb you've been, he makes you feel smart, doesn't he? Oh, I mean, only Papa God can do that for us. Isn't that right? Amen. But when you and I have the veil over our face, it's an indication we're not looking at Jesus. We may be studying the Bible and everything, but we're just getting deeper into that dark veil. And the Lord wants you out from under the veil. He wants you to be emancipated. He wants you to walk in freedom. Not freedom from the Word, but freedom to fulfill the Word of God. That's why Peter, when he said, you are Jesus, you're the Christ, Jesus said, now you're locked on. Now you're spot on. Now you're connected where you're supposed to be. This is about Jesus. This is about worshiping him, seeing him, looking at him intimately because he then can reveal to you who you really are. Remember it says, 
Whenever a person turns in repentance to Jesus, the veil is stripped away. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. So when Papa reveals Jesus to you, and you focus on Him, then the Holy Spirit brings you into that liberty. The veil's being removed. Hallelujah. And God's wonderful, empowering grace is working in your life to show you who you are. Now, my final thought, and I just wanted to share this very brief, simple little message with you this morning as a foundation of something we can build on as we go forward. This last point that I want to make is this. If you will notice in our opening scripture, when Jesus says to Peter, now let me tell you who you are. You are Peter, which means the rock. He then goes on to say, and upon this rock, upon this rock, not upon you, Peter, but upon this rock, this solid place that you have come to, this place that only the Father could have brought you to, this rock of revelation, this rock of Holy Ghost vision, and Holy Ghost understanding. This rock that you're standing on that's arisen under your feet because you are looking at Jesus, the Messiah. Now that you are upon this rock, I can tell you about you. I can tell you who you are. I can reveal to you your future. I can reveal to you the person that you are and the calling I have. You can bear it. You can see who I've called and made you to be. Otherwise, you would not have the courage to accept what the Lord is saying about you. He said, now upon this rock, this is what I'm going to build my church on. Whatever God wants to do in this world, it's going to happen on that rock or it's not going to happen at all. Hallelujah. It's on that rock of revelation. He said, I'll build my church. And then right immediately after, Jesus said, and I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So the power and the authority of the kingdom of God manifest here in this world <clears throat> is there waiting for you upon that rock of revelation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to close your Bible. Stand with me this morning. God. I want us to take a few minutes this morning before we leave. And I want us to pray. Pray together. Come together and get up on that rock of revelation.